Tiki Hut Media. From Manatee Life Church, a multicultural United Methodist community of faith in Bradenton, Florida, this is Soul Ramblings Podcast, and I'm your host, Jerry Wicker, lead minister over at Manatee Life Church. And today we continue with our series, Apostles' Creed, Truths That Unite, and we'll be looking at Jesus, His supremacy. That's coming up here in the next few minutes as we head over to the sanctuary. And as we continue to move forward into 2023, we're in February now, there are many decisions here at the church and in our personal lives that we're talking through. There's a long list of pros and cons to different things in the life of the church and in our personal lives. And what we all really want is to make a God-led decision. As we talk and pray about the future, I confess that it isn't always easy to tell what is the Holy Spirit and what is just me. When it comes to decisions in our own life, how do we know if we're following God's will or just our own, sometimes selfish desires? Are there ways to know what God would want us to do? If we see something pointing in a certain direction, how do we know it's a sign from God? All of this is essential to decision-making and inviting God into the decisions of our life. God cares about all these parts of our life, everything from fairly small decisions like how do we spend our money and who we hang out with to big decisions like where to live, who to be in relationship with, or what job to take. Some practical advice I have for us today. Take a decision and run it through these four questions. When it comes out on the other side, we have a better sense of whether or not the decision is God-directed and Spirit-led or not. Here are the four questions. Number one, what does Scripture say? Number two, what happens when you pray? Number three, what do trusted people say? And number four, what are the consequences? I hope those four questions will help you out in determining whether something is God-directed and Spirit-led, or if it's self-led, or maybe one of our own selfish desires. Let's head over to the sanctuary now for part three of Apostles' Creed, Truths That Unite. This is Jesus, His Supremacy. Our scripture lesson for the morning comes to us from the letter to the Hebrews, first chapter first four verses. Hear these holy words. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by a son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the worlds. He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being and he sustains all things by his powerful word. When he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. The word of God for the people of God. O oh Lord, in the silence of this moment, Prepare our hearts and our minds to hear your word for us this day and work your will in our lives. Amen. 
Today we're continuing our series, The Apostles' Creed, Truths That Unite. And what we're doing is we're focusing on the central truths that are captured in the Apostles' Creed. Last week, we began with the very first statement of the Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And today, we look at the second. We engage with the second phrase. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. These words recognize the one unique figure that unites the creator with the creation. Having just recognized God as the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, we come to the recognition of Jesus as the Christ, his only Son, our Lord. And this is followed by more statements in the Creed that recognize essential truths about Jesus, how he was conceived, suffered, died, rose, ascended, and we're going to talk about those in the weeks upcoming. In the creed, more is said about Jesus than anybody else. So we're going to focus about three weeks on Jesus. I hope that's okay. We're going to focus three weeks on Jesus. We're going to focus every week on Jesus. But these three weeks, we're going to focus on attributes of Jesus as they're portrayed to us in the Apostles' Creed. Because it gives us a clearer picture of who Jesus is. If you notice in our passage of scripture we read this morning, the name Jesus is not mentioned one time. He's not called Savior. He's not called anything other than Son in this passage of scripture. So we have who he is, his nature, his his role. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. Also, notice in verse 4, the phrase, having become as much superior to angels. Superior. He's supreme. God's only Son, and He is supreme. And those are the two things we focus on in these verses this morning. If we go to the most popular verse in the Bible, John 3.16, We're told, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. It's important to hear clearly that Jesus is the only eternal son of God. Now, when we're talking about Jesus being the son of God, that's different than us being sons and daughters, God's sons and daughters, which we are. But again... Jesus Christ is superior. Jesus Christ is superior. So Jesus is the earthly incarnate manifestation of God. Want to know what God looks like? Look at Jesus. That's what God looks like. And what it reveals is that God is one God who sent an eternal Son of the Father And that ascending defines love. He became one of us. And the nature of the Son involves bearing the very nature of God, a representation 
that was now God in the flesh. So in John 3.16, Jesus makes one of the most extraordinary announcements of all time. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And it's easy to assume that God loves the people we love or the people who seem to be doing good things. But that's not what Jesus says. Jesus says that God loves the whole world. That includes the people we might not be terribly fond of. The people who might not be terribly fond of us either. God has an incredibly deep and unconditional love for the whole world. It's it's mind-boggling, really. We might expect those of us whom God created to, to reach out to the Creator. But the Creator actually reaches out to us, a lost, broken, and just horribly messed up creation who've rebelled against Him. And God reaches out to us through Jesus Christ. The implications of this are massive. It means that God can be found where the Son of God is found. Think about it. In the space of two chapters of John's Gospel, Jesus is found first meeting in the dark of night. John 3.16, he's talking to a fellow by the name of Nicodemus. This is in the middle of a conversation with a very important, powerful man named Nicodemus. Nicodemus came to him in the dark of night. We're not told this, but I assume because he didn't want his powerful buddies knowing he was going and talking to this guy, Jesus. Next, Jesus is found meeting in the noonday sun with a Samaritan woman, a forgotten outsider, someone a good Jewish man would never be caught conversing with. And while Jesus can sometimes, if you read the Gospels, sometimes he's in the synagogue, he's in the temple, but he's usually out in the streets feeding, healing, teaching, forgiving, loving. And today Jesus is still living in the world through the Holy Spirit, doing the same exact things, but on a much larger scale through his church. That's you and that's me. That's the Pentecostals down the street. That's the other Methodist churches here in Bradenton. That's the Lutherans, the Baptists, the Church of God, you name it. You want proof? We give you proof. When Christian people come together in our common mission to love God and love neighbor in life-changing and tangible ways, these petty differences of denominations and theological disagreements just fall away. I'll give you an example. Here at Manatee Life Church, we partner with Palmetto First Methodist and just across the street, Manatee Baptist Church and their food ministries, providing food for hungry people in a very real and tangible way. 
Do we have theological differences with our brothers and sisters across the street at Manatee Baptist? Yeah, we have theological differences. But none of that matters. None of that matters. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So Baptists and Methodists can work together in the name of Jesus Christ. Truths that unite, not divide. It's when Christians are living without this vision and this purpose that we start throwing rocks at each other instead of giving bread to the needy. But when we are all working together to do all we can to help a lost, sad, dark, and dying world know God loves them, that there is hope, that Jesus died for them just like he died for me and died for you, That's when all these disagreements about doctrine and theology and denominations and who's in and who's out, that's nothing but filthy rags. Nothing but filthy rags, church. Yet, how often does the world hear a different message? How often does the gospel, which really is no gospel at all, sound not like love but condemnation? How wrong we get it when we get in the way. Jesus makes it clear one verse later in John 3.17 in his conversation with Nicodemus. God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So God so loved the world, he sent his one and only Son. And his one and only Son didn't come to condemn but to save Jesus' mission and thus our mission is not a rejection mission. It is a rescue mission. It is the offer of life from above to all who are perishing. This dark and dying world, what do they need? They need Jesus. They need Jesus. And Jesus is not to be contained inside these four walls, my friends. Jesus is shown when we leave here today and go out into the world. So many of us have been taught that the goal in life is the accumulation of stuff, of prestige, of power, but this does not bring salvation. And it doesn't bring satisfaction. Others of us live in a land of addiction, short-term fixes that can never fully take away our deep-seated long-term pain. And so God comes to us. God calls all of us. God offers everyone His love and salvation. Did you hear that? Who does God offer this to? Everyone. Everyone. Everyone you come in contact with is someone that God loves. You've never in your life met someone that God does not love. After his resurrection, he reaches out again to his disciples who have failed him. You ever failed Jesus? I'm the only one. His disciples failed him, and after his resurrection, he reaches out again to them. He serves them breakfast. And then Jesus says to Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter replies, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. 
Jesus says, feed my lambs. Three times, not a coincidence, I don't think, that Peter denied Jesus three times. And Jesus asks Peter three times, do you love me? But three times Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? And three times he responds to Peter's answer with instructions to care for people. To love Jesus is to love others, to care for them, to act on their behalf and for their sake. This is how the world knows that we are his disciples. This is how the world knows. This is how the world will come to know they are loved by God. That there is more to this life than the darkness we have become used to. That there is hope, there is real life, eternal life. St. Augustine said this, Our hearts are restless until they rest in God. Our hearts are restless until they rest in God. Nothing else will do. Nothing else is sufficient. That's the reason. We all long to be wooed, to be loved, to be wanted. We all have that desire. But nothing can satisfy this desire to be loved except for God who is love. He not only loves, He is love. Our souls are hardwired for His love. A couple of weeks ago, I told you about Beth's childhood friend who once said to me, we all have a God-sized hole in our hearts that can only be filled by God. And that is true. We all have that. But what's beautiful about this is the same can be said for Jesus. In fact, the feelings are more than mutual. (laughs) Jesus has a hole in His heart that only you can fill. There's a hole in Jesus' heart that only you can fill. No one else can fill it. And he's not going to rest until you are found. If you close your eyes for just a moment, just listen. God formed you in your mother's womb. The creator of the world doesn't just know you exist. He willed you to exist. Just reach up. Touch your hair. Reach up, touch your hair. Every single strand, every single strand, he has counted. He doesn't just simply know you. He knows everything about you. Put your hand over your heart. You feel that? Every heartbeat is a reaffirmation of the fact that God has given you life today. God doesn't just like you. He loves you. And with each heartbeat, He tells you that He's happy you're alive. And then finally, look at the cross. Look at the cross. He gave His life for you. If you were the only person ever born, 
he would have done it. He would have done it. He gave his life up for you. So, what does it mean when we recognize that Jesus Christ is God's only Son and our Lord? When we recognize and embrace, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, it means a few things. First, I can know the nature of God. I can know the nature of God. It can be clearly known. Without Jesus, we would never really see God's nature. When we affirm that we believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, we're saying that God is no longer hidden. God has shown His face in the Messiah, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Secondly, when we recognize, embrace that I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, it means I can give my ultimate allegiance to the highest love and the greatest good. Ultimate allegiance. Superior allegiance to Him because He is superior. There are many things that are good on some level, but they're not ultimate. Not that which is above all and for all. When I worship Jesus above all, when I give my allegiance to Him above all, I'm choosing the One who created all and gave His life for all. That is the love that is worthy. That is the love that is supreme and will actually serve the true good of all. And it's helpful to realize that Jesus didn't come to simply demand we worship Him because He's lacking. No. He came to save us from worshiping what might not be, well, well, it may be good, but it's not ultimate. It's not supreme. It's not superior. And finally, when I recognize and embrace that I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, it means I can give Him center stage. Center stage. Because Jesus holds nothing back to love you. He doesn't just give you the time of day. He gives you His whole self and then some. He wants us to give that back to Him in return. He wants your heart. He wants your life. He wants you. He loves you. Jesus said in John 13, 4, I chose you. Jesus said again in John 13, 34, I have loved you. God promises in Isaiah 43, 1, you are mine. God loves you. And he is dying to prove it. He did. He died to prove it. For God so loves the world. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord? Do you believe this? Because believing is the secret to life. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. Because He is supreme. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray.
We recognize that you are Lord. And we must choose our allegiance. So we stop on this day and recognize that we believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, and in in whose name we pray. Amen. And now receive this benediction. God bless you. Have a great week. Walk with Jesus Christ. Tell somebody about Jesus Christ and what he's done in your life. And tell somebody about Manatee Life Church. Go in peace. Amen. We'll continue with the Apostles' Creed Truths That Unite series next week on Soul Ramblings Podcast as we continue through this at Manatee Life Church, a multicultural United Methodist community of faith in Bradenton, Florida. Invite you to check us out online, manatealife.church, manatealife.church, link in the show notes of this episode. Check us out. You can join us for live stream worship. If you're not in the Bradenton, Florida area, you can check us out live stream on that website, 1030 Eastern on Sunday mornings. I invite you to join us online. And the reason we're doing this series is we're beginning to talk about who we are and what we believe in very deep ways. And knowing what we believe and who we are will help in practical and accessible ways to make those decisions that are consistent with what God wants for us. I want to thank you for the gift and privilege of your time today and invite you to click subscribe wherever you're listening to this episode right now. You'll never miss a new episode of Soul Ramblings Podcast when you do that. Here's a last piece of advice. If you believe in goodness and if you value the approval of God, fix your minds on whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and praiseworthy. Until next week on Soul Ramblings Podcast, I'm Jerry Wicker, lead minister at Manatee Life Church. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Download new episodes every week. And if you haven't already, subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. Soul Ramblings is a Tiki Hut Media production. Oh, 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 oh,